Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. 2.20 is the time here at KSL News Radio. All right, listen, I'm about to talk to you about Jeremy Lin. Remember Jeremy Lin? He played uh, some NBA basketball. Uh, continues to play ball professionally. Uh, if you remember back to the 2011-2012 season, he was with the uh, New York Knicks. Uh, honestly, before that year, I didn't know who he was. Uh, and then Lin Sanity kicked off. And there was this guy from Harvard uh, who was draining buckets, right? Uh, all kinds of great records set, uh, really cool player to watch, uh, and just kind of took the league by storm for a stretch there. Uh, a wonderfully fun person to root for. And what we have since learned is that Jeremy Lin is uh, a star, this will sound trite, but a star not only uh, on the court, uh, but off. One of the uh, elements of his life that sets him apart is that he became uh, the first American-born NBA player of Chinese or Taiwanese descent uh, when he <clears throat> when he started uh, with the Warriors uh, and then later with the Knicks. The, the first American-born NBA player of Chinese uh, or Taiwanese descent, uh, and that coming after a, a college or a university career with Harvard. <clears throat> Just a fantastic man. And as you see him interact with uh, with fans and other players and the media and coaches and his own family, uh, he, he is someone absolutely that we should want to pattern ourselves after. I have often looked up to him. Uh, in his career now, I, I mentioned he's still playing uh, professional basketball, uh, no longer uh, in the NBA, but rather now uh, a player in the G League. It's kind of the developmental league for the NBA, and he is with the Golden State Warriors uh, affiliate. That's uh, the Santa Cruz Warriors. That's where he's playing now. And it was revealed uh, by him uh, just the other day. And re- remember, uh, he is of uh, he's American-born uh, and of uh, Asian descent. Uh, he revealed that he was, in a derogatory fashion while playing basketball, referred to uh, as coronavirus during a game. So during a, a G League game, that's a game, a professional basketball game sponsored uh, by the NBA, uh, Jeremy Lin, this Asian-American player, uh, was called uh, coronavirus during a game. Let me share, you, share with you first what uh, head coach of the Golden State Warriors, Steve Kerr, had to say. And then the whole reason I've brought up this story is to share with you the response by Jeremy Lin and the opportunity that he saw in this unfortunate circumstance in which he found himself uh, to do more good and to overcome, to overcome uh, the you know the mean spirited uh, or even evil uh, name that he was called and the spirit behind it. Uh, it's a fascinating and mature thing. First, the the coach Steve Kerr here with the Warriors had this to say. I uh, applaud Jeremy for his words and and echo uh, his sentiments regarding uh, racism. Um, against the Asian American community. Um, it's just so ridiculous. I don't know. I, I just, I can't wrap my head around uh, around any of it. 
but I can't wrap my head around racism in general. It's shocking to me that uh, we can treat each other so poorly based on the color of skin or uh, whatever it is. Um, so I applaud Jeremy for speaking out. Here's a tangent real quick before we get to Jeremy Lin's words in response to being called a coronavirus as an Asian-American man. Uh, Steve Kerr, the, the coach from whom you just heard, the current head coach of the Golden State Warriors, you want to learn more about him? Uh, his career is fascinating. Uh, go back and watch that uh, that documentary, The Last Dance. It's the one that chronicles uh, the the championship run of the uh, the Chicago Bulls in the '90s. Uh, absolutely uh, fascinating player. And well, you if you remember back on your own jazz history, uh, you know you, you know about Steve Kerr. Uh, but th- th- that documentary probably does the best job I've seen of showcasing uh, his rise. Anyway, uh, that's a tangent. The story at hand right now is uh, the the unfortunate uh, event that transpired on the court of a professional basketball game where Asian-American player Jeremy Lin was called, in a derogatory way, uh, coronavirus. I want to, we just have a few minutes left here, I want to read to you in its entirety uh, the response by Jeremy Lin, the statement that he put out. And and take note, there are some lessons here that I think uh, would be very good to be learned uh, really by all of us. Jeremy Lin writes, I know this will disappoint some of you, but I'm not naming or shaming anyone. What good does it do in this situation for someone to be torn down? It doesn't make my community safer or solve any of our long-term problems with racism. When I experienced racism in the Ivy League, it was my assistant coach, Kenny Blackney, that talked me through it. He shared with me his own experiences as a black man, stories of racism I couldn't begin to comprehend. Stories including being called the N-word and having things thrown at him from cars. He drew from his experiences with identity to teach me how to stay strong in mine. He was also the first person to tell me I was an NBA player as a sophomore at Harvard. I thought he was crazy. Again, this is Jeremy Lin, and uh, he, he started this statement here after being called coronavirus on the court of a professional basketball game, the G League, uh, where he plays he has decided not to identify the individual who called him this name, deciding not to name or shame anyone. His statement continues, The world will have you believe that there isn't enough justice or opportunities to go around, that we only have time to pay attention to one people group at a time, so we all need to fight for that spot. That the people you see hurting other people that look like you on the news represent an entire group of people. But this just isn't true. Fighting ignorance with ignorance will get us nowhere. Sharing our own pain by painting another group of people with stereotypes is not the way. Let me repeat that. Again, this is Jeremy Lin, his written statement following uh, uh, being called a coronavirus on the court of a professional basketball game. Jeremy Lin writes, Fighting ignorance with ignorance will get us nowhere. Sharing our own pain by painting another people uh, with stereotypes is not the way. Instead, If you want to truly help, look for the Asian kid that has no one to speak up for him when he's bullied. Look for the Asian American groups that are experiencing poverty but getting overlooked. Support the Asian American movie or TV show that gives real opportunity to tell different stories. Look for the Asian people that are scared to walk around in their neighborhood and ask how you can help them. Listen to the voices that are teaching us how to be an anti-racist toward all people. Hear other stories. Expand your perspective. I believe this generation can be different, but we will need empathy and solidarity to get us there. 
Thus concludes the statement by Jeremy Lin. Uh, if you if you make your way over to his Facebook page where this was posted uh, initially, you'll see uh, a number of quotes there. One of them reads, uh, nobody's free until everybody's free. Uh, and then a quote from uh, former Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It writes, fight for the things that you care about, but do it in a way that will lead others to join you. And that really does, I think, summarize very nicely the spirit of Jeremy Lin's response. Justice must be served, right? If you wrong someone, there must be, uh, you know, an equal response to your behavior. You must, uh, you know, face the consequences when you do wrong. But sometimes, as Jeremy Lin here points out, that to become, you know, as the victim, singularly focused on naming and shaming the aggressor, you miss out on the opportunity to impact those uh, outside, that larger group of people from whence the offender comes. And I have heard of many, many cases of people being called the, the, uh, an impolite or evil in racial tone, a word. And I have seen the, the responses. And there is a, a one-for-one uh, result. There is a victim and there is a perpetrator, and those two go head-to-head. Jeremy Lin has decided to change the stakes. And while he is the victim here, he has decided not to simply tackle the one offender, but rather tackle the mentality that exists in the minds who all of all who would offend in that similar way. And I admire him for it. I admire him for it. I'll leave it at that. Uh, You want something fun to watch tonight as you're drifting off to sleep? Pull up YouTube and watch some Jeremy Lin highlights, all right? (laughs) He's a rock star here when it comes to uh, our communities, and he's a rock star on the basketball court. Hopefully he can get some NBA playing time here pretty soon uh, and not spend all his remaining days in the G G League. Uh, Quick break. When we return into the final half hour of the program, we're going to take a look inward at the way news is covered, specifically the way television and radio news has been covered during the coronavirus. Uh, Precautions, masks, a whole new way of storytelling. Jed Bull with KSL Television joins me next to let us know how news gathering and reporting has changed for him and others in the era of COVID. That's ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.